1: calling all book nerds who love the viral word game that's sweeping the internet. Start with P-A-G-E-S Nope, but there is an S. Okay, how about C-O-M-I-C Nope, but you are getting warmer. You are sure to get it in less than six. Rock out with our new gear for word nerds, including t-shirts, mugs and more. Visit bookriot.com merch to buy yours now.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to When in Romance. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And we are going to be all 100 all the time because guess what? This is episode 100! Woo! Insert all the applause. Yes, enter all the applause. We are recording on Thursday, February 17th, 2022, and we are very excited to celebrate our 100th episode, and we are very happy that you have decided to celebrate it with us. How
1: does it feel, Jess? How does it feel to be 100?
0: Uh, I feel a little old and decrepit, yeah?
1: hmm Yeah. I feel the same way. I was uh, thinking of taking a selfie before I started, and I was like, I think there are more wrinkles in the selfies I took. <laughs> In our early days, but you know what? That's uh, comes with the territory. They're laugh lines. That is life. Yep,
0: they are laugh lines because we've been reading actual good rom coms lately. I hope.
1: Exactly. Hooray! Well, I think yeah, it's gonna be a fun episode. I have spent a significant amount of time. This is like a little bit of a teaser. Tracking every book that we have recommended and talked about in every episode of this podcast up until today. Oh, it was aggressive. Uh, so I put together a quiz for Jess, and we're going to get to that. But we have some other things happening first. Jess, I feel like you among us among the When in Romance podcast are the curling fan. Yes. <laughs> so I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, so first, we have to thank
0: Rhonda, who sent in after we talked about I think Trisha mentioned curling, and we were like, "Is there curling romance?" Because we want it. Or
1: obviously, I I was like, "Is there curling I romance?" Mean, I think all some part of all of us wants it a little.
0: And she sent in a note to let us know that Glasgow Lads on Ice by Avery Cockburn exists, and I am very uh-huh. much looking forward to potentially reading that while curling is not on because i think it
1: all came on already i don't know it doesn't matter it's probably still on (laughs) youtube i don't know (laughs) you can yeah you'll be able to find you'll be you'll be i mean come on (laughs) if you can find you know an episode of the office on some channel every day anytime you'll be able to find curling just that's true that's true also exciting, don't forget, the fun will not end here with episode 100. Episode 101 is our next Wend Romance Book Club episode. You might remember that our pick is Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belfour. It is going to, the episode will drop March 7th. So we'll be recording like March 3rd. So be ready for that. It's going to be exciting.
0: Absolutely. And don't forget to, as you heard in our first little segment uh don't forget to check out our new line of bookish wordle inspired merch we have mugs, t-shirts hoodies and more and it's a temporary campaign so order your items now before they sell out or go away and you can find all of that on bookriot.com slash merch
1: all right before we jump into our amazing quiz I'm just going to tell you, Jess, the first question is going to be how many books have we recommended on this podcast over the last 99 episodes? Oh, gosh. So you can be thinking about it while you do our first ad spot.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to take my lovely time then. I'm actually not because we have a lot to get through today. Um, So thank you to The Ladies Mine by Francine Rivers for sponsoring this episode. When Catherine Walsh arrives in the small California mining town of Calvada, Falling in love is the furthest thing from her mind. Banished from Boston by her wealthy stepfather, she has come to claim an inheritance from an uncle she never knew, a defunct newspaper, and a seemingly worthless mine. Aha, the lady's mine. It's... Jewel. I get it. I like it. (laughs) When Catherine decides to revive her uncle's newspaper to be a voice for the oppressed miners, she draws unwanted attention from the town's most powerful men. Local saloon owner Matthias Beck knows trouble when he sees it, and Catherine is trouble. While the beautiful and outspoken redhead might be right, Catherine's sense of justice could get her killed. But as Matthias finds himself agreeing with Catherine more and more, he also finds himself falling for her, too. Will Catherine and Matthias discover a love as good as gold? This historical romance... Okay, what have you got? Are you going to tell me? Is it as good as gold?
1: Oh, I'm assuming. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, like, obviously, if there's a mine, we can only assume.
0: (laughs) This historical romance by New York Times bestselling author Francine Rivers is a delightful mix between The Taming of the Shrew and the musical Oklahoma. Catherine and Matthias' banter will keep you flying through the pages as they struggle to work together to save their tiny boomtown. The Lady's Mine by Francine Rivers is available wherever books are sold. Don't miss the book that
1: Publishers Weekly calls a feisty historical. All right. All of the mines aside. (laughs) I think it's time. Is it time? So, it's time for we 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 used to do more quizzes. Just I feel like we've gotten away from it. It's time episode 100 is I think the the right time to reinstate to revive the when and romance quiz. Although I say that having written the quiz, <laughs> I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but it's too <laughs> late now. It's in the agenda. So, it's happening. It is happening. So, like I said, I went through tracked every book that we have talked about in our books discussed section of our show notes. Over the course of the last 99 episodes. So the first question in our episode 100, When in Romance Quiz, is kind of a two-parter. So it's how many books is it total? So like if we talked about The Widow of Rose House three times, it counts as three books. Mm -hmm. We're going to start there, but then I'm going to ask you how many unique titles. But for the total number of lines on the spreadsheet that I have created that has all of these books on it, Would you like to guess? Would you like multiple choice? I'm going to
0: make an uneducated guess, and then you can offer me some choices. All right. I'm ready. (laughs) All right. I'm going to come out of the bat and say
1: 749. It is significantly more than that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Would you like the multiple choice? Give me the multiple choice. All right. Is it 963? 1,007, 1,086, or 1,147? Wow. Yeah, I know, right? It's a lot of books. (laughs) I'm going with C. (laughs) 1,086? 1,086. That is actually wrong. It is 1,147. Wow. Yeah, I spent a lot of time doing this. (laughs) There was, uh, I was telling just before there, the Super Bowl was on in the background, I was logging books. Uh, I was watching a lot of reruns of Shark Tank. Listen, I don't have strong feelings about Shark Tank. Don't come at me if you secretly hate it or vocally hate it. I don't know. It's a great show to have on in the background while you are tracking all of the 1147 books that have been recommended on this podcast.
0: 1147 books, Trisha.
1: Yes. Congratulations to us. And congratulations to you. Yeah, we're not allowed to recommend that many books anymore. Yeah. Like we're actually not allowed to. But multiple times when I was tracking them, I was like, we have to stop recommending all these books. <laughs> uh all right, so that was part one of the question. Would you like to guess how many unique titles, right? So like if we talked about, you know, uh, check please, sticks and stones, by Angazi Okazu, if we take out the number of times, how many unique titles do you think we have recommended in ninety nine episodes?
0: Let's see, 749.
1: <laughs> now, this time you're actually a little high, but you're not too, too far off. It's, I'll give you a hint. It's under 700, but above 600.
0: 697.
1: No, I'm going to give you multiple choice. Okay. <laughs> 602, mm-hmm. 617, mm-hmm. 636, or 689?
0: 617.
1: So close. It was 636. That uh, time it was C. It was C. I yeah. should just keep doing C. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but actually, I don't even know if that's like in the multiple choice in any of the rest ones. I think these are going to start to get easier because they're not going to be completely out of the blue. So, for example, I'm the next question is what book has been mentioned the most times? What individual title has been mentioned the most times? in When in Romance History. Oh. And I'm going to start by giving you two hints. Number one, there are actually two books that are tied. The second hint is both have been mentioned 10 times. Wow. Yeah, I will tell you one will not surprise you in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> the other did surprise me a little. And I did kind of pay attention to books that we mentioned multiple times because we were doing book club. And neither one of these is one of those. Okay, not book club.
0: Is one The Widow of Rose House?
1: Haha, <laughs> very good guess, but no. Ah <laughs> oh, darn. I would, Yeah, you were probably, like, very close, but but no. It's a, yeah, it is a good guess. Uh, Someday. It's, part of the problem is that that one didn't come out until late 2019. That's That true. one actually only has seven mentions. Ah, uh,
0: let's see. So it's a few short. A few short.
1: I will tell you that one of the books, and, like, Kiss Quotient is at eight for mm. people keeping track at home. One of the books was written by a person who was a guest on the One in Romance podcast. It's a book we talked a lot about.
0: I know, but I'm I'm trying to narrow down to
1: May or may not feature a hot nanny. I was I was like, is it Rafe or is it Zenny? And <laughs> it's Rafe. It's Rafe. It came out sooner. I think that's the only reason why it does not have as many or why Zenny doesn't have um as many particular hits, as it were, as many mentions. Um, now I'm scrolling down to see how many Zenny ended up with. <laughs> X is all the way at the bottom of the alphabet. Come on. <laughs> Zenny has five, which is very respectable, given it that is. it came out later. Mm. So that is one. Rafe has is and it is tied with another book. The second one is the one that surprised me a little bit. But it it stopped surprising me as much when I thought about the fact that it came out, I think, fairly early in the life of the podcast. If it didn't come out in 2018, it came out in 2019. And I think it continually got mentioned as a book that was very low heat. So it was both a retelling and a book with not a lot of steam. So when folks were looking for either one of those things, this is one that we both really enjoyed that came up. Aisha at last.
0: Yay! Yay! Exactly.
1: Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) All right, before we go back to like numbers things, you're doing great, by the way. You're like totally winning the quiz
0: <laughs> all the points
1: yeah yeah you're basically like the the jeopardy champion of the Win and romance quiz <laughs> but before we go back to numbers i'm gonna i've got a couple that are like a little random
0: okay
1: so for example in episode 20 which aired october 22nd 2018 the it was titled all worked up by pockets one of us mentioned being very excited about an upcoming book called A Perfect Match. The book ended up coming out the next year under a different title by an author that we both know and enjoy very much. Do you know what that title was?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Better Than Perfect? No. I don't even think I know what that book is. We'll have to talk about that later. (sighs) Uh, It's a book that you will definitely know the title of. It was the first in a trilogy. And the first book, the one that was previously titled A Perfect Match... There was a dating app relationship in this particular book. There was a dating app and a uh, professional athlete. Uh,
0: my brain just forgot the name of the pink
1: book. <laughs> Do you know the author? Alicia Rye. Yes, it was The Right Swipe the by right Alicia The Right Swipe. Yes. Uh, part of the reason that that question is in this quiz is is because it took me a little while to figure out why we had recommended a book called A Perfect Match by Alicia Rye that I had never heard of. <laughs> but apparently I had heard of it on episode 20. Speaking of authors that we know and love, do you know how many individual authors total, and this includes people's pen names, right? So Gail Carriger and G.L. Carriger would be two. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen a ton. But The number of individual authors that we have talked about books by in 100 episodes of When in Romance. Do you have a guess? Let's
0: see. We have 1,100 books. And we definitely talked about a few titles. Sorry, I'm totally going. Who wants to be a millionaire this is, on this oh, one? Oh, yeah.
1: That's exactly what this is. Uh, That's what the episode 100 is for. It's a celebration.
0: I am going to say
1: somewhere around 500. You are uh, a little ambitious. You, you may have overestimated or underestimated the number of times we talked about, you know, like a princess in theory, <laughs> because <laughs> it is lower than that. Uh, multiple choice. It was, was it 299, 311, 334, or 342? The second one. You're right. Yay! 311. Hooray. <laughs> Part of the reason why I wanted to do that one next was because now we're going to actually talk about some of who those authors are. Uh. You will not be surprised to learn that there are some authors that have shown up in many episodes of When in Romance. Mm -hmm. In terms of books, so like when we looked at that full list of 1147, can you guess which author's name came out the most? So these are not unique titles that we recommended by someone, but like which author's name showed up the most number of times on that list of 1147? I can give you multiple choice if you want. Yes. None of the answers will surprise you. All right. (laughs) Was it? Roan Parrish, Mm -hmm. Courtney Milan, Alyssa Cole, or Rebecca Weatherspoon. Oh, no. I know, right? I should have made it easy and done, like, one that was, like, someone we've only mentioned once and only has one book. Right? But I'm a terrible person. So, uh, oh, do you want to, if you want, I will take out two of the choices. Yes. Who wants to be a millionaire rules? I forget what that's called. (laughs) But whatever that is. All right. So the, the, the two I will leave you with. Are Rebecca Weatherspoon and Alyssa Cole? Uh, Alyssa Cole? Kind of. That was a little bit of a trick question because technically Rebecca Weatherspoon has more. She's got 57 and Alyssa Cole has 50. But nine of the titles that she has were just books that we were listing as her backlist on the episode that she was a guest co-host. Oh. So technically they're kind of tied. So <laughs> both answers are correct. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Hooray. Hooray. Uh, now we'll do um, authors mentioned in the most number of episodes. Oh, gosh. I will give you, again, multiple choice on this one. Again, the, the names will not surprise you. Was it Alyssa Cole mentioned on the most number of episodes, Rebecca Weatherspoon, or Talia Hibbert? Oh, gosh. I know, right? <laughs> I, will get, I will tell you all of them are above 30. The, the one of the three of them with the lowest is 32, and the person with the highest is 38. So they're all very, very close.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I am going to stick with the same answer, because I feel like we started talking about Alyssa Cole first.
1: I think you might be right about that. And you are correct in, in terms of this question. Alyssa Cole has been mentioned in 38 of our... Well, now 39 of our 100 episodes, (laughs) but previously 38 of 99. Rebecca Weatherspoon has been mentioned in 35, and Talia Hibbert has been mentioned in 32. Which is, and I didn't go like down to the timing breakdown, Mm -hmm. but if I look at our master list, let me take a quick look and find out. Do you want to guess which episode Alyssa Cole shows up in first? One? It was actually two. (laughs) We talked about radio silence in episode number two. Airing February 12th, 2018, entitled Valentine's Day and Adorable Ferrets. (laughs) Speaking of show titles, Uh in the 99 episodes we have had so far, which of the following was not a show title? (laughs) Was it Why Are There So Many Colonels? Was it Accidental Queer Vegas Wedding? Was it The Trouble with Tropes? Or was it Miss Scarlet is more interesting than Hester Prynne. One of those was not a One and Romance show title.
0: I'm going to go with the trouble with tropes just because it it's less interesting. It's less interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, you are correct. That was never a One and Romance show title. Did you appreciate that I put in the one that you titled? Yes. It's like, well, I know that one is. What... <laughs> I was like, that maybe we'll help her out a little bit. We'll help her out. Just... Just a little.
0: You look after me so well.
1: I mean, listen, we're we're nearly 100 full episodes in. I feel like like this is the time. (laughs) All right. I've got one, no, two more number questions and one more qualitative question. We'll do, this one's kind of fun. Of the authors that we've talked about, so Alyssa Cole mentioned in 38 episodes, Rebecca Weatherspoon in terms of books was mentioned 57 times, Alyssa Cole 50, blah, blah, blah. Who is the author who whose books, who has the most titles that we've mentioned? So, like, the most unique titles, right? So, like, the number of titles that we have mentioned by Dana Biller, who you mentioned, is two. The Widow Rose House and The Brightest Star in Paris. Mm-hmm. Beverly Jenkins, it's 11. But who is the author that we have mentioned 18 of her titles? I will give you a hint. Number two is 17. <laughs> number three is 13. And number four is 12. I can give you the breakdown of the top four, if you would like, in terms of author names. I can. I really want to know. So... All right. Our top four, again, this will not surprise you, are Alyssa Cole, Talia Hibbert, Courtney Milan, and Rebecca Weatherspoon, but not in that order, necessarily. Different number of titles. Yeah. So again, the author who is the highest, we have recommended 18 unique titles by that author
0: I am going to go with Courtney Milan
1: oh that is incorrect Courtney Milan has 12 titles that ah. we have discussed although the Duchess War was in contention for one of the ones that had been most commonly mentioned eh. it was not quite at the level of Rafe or Aisha at last but it was high eh. so not Courtney Milan your options now are Alyssa Cole Talia Hebert, or Rebecca Weatherspoon gosh 17 titles. It's 18 is the person who has the 18. most. 17 is number two. I know, right? 18 different books. I know. I was kind of astonished. I was like, I'm always impressed when someone writes one book. Good for them. Right? Good for them. Okay. Then Talia Hibbert. Talia Hibbert is at 13. Oh. So she is number three. You are so far going uh, backwards on the list, which is which is a kind of consistency. I respect that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, Rebecca Weatherspoon? But to be fair, I don't know how many books uh Talia Hibbert has written, so that may be all of them. Sorry, right, was your next guest Rebecca Weatherspoon? It was. Rebecca Weatherspoon is number two with 17. <laughs> Would you like one more guess?
0: Alyssa Cole. Yes,
1: it was! You're doing so great. You're like the champion of the when in romance quiz. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Uh, yes. When in let me see if I can. Well, I'm not going to list them all. It's 18 books. It'll take forever. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the th- ones that you might have forgotten about, the ones, one of the ones I forgot about was um, the AI who loved me, Ugh. which started out Audible. Right. Um, she has a number of short novellas that we've talked about, like Let It Let It Stream and Let It Shine. Mm-hmm. She also did Once Ghosted, Twice Shy, and Can't Escape Love, which were short books in her Princess in Theory series. I know that's not what it was called, but
0: reluctant Royals.
1: Yes, thank you. So, you know, as you start to tease it out, you find out this woman's written a lot of books. A lot of books. Yeah. All right, just two questions left. One that is qualitative and one that is quantitative. I'm going to start with the qualitative one because it turns out to be just the slightest touch depressing. (laughs) Our first episode in 2020, airing in January of 2020 airing specifically on January 13th of 2020, had a cautiously optimistic, and it turns out naively optimistic name, given what 2020 turned out to be. Was the naively optimistic name of our first 2020 episode A. New Year, New Potential B. It's Gotta Be All Up From Here C. The Sun Will Come Out or D. I have a good feeling, dot, dot, dot. I don't know if you remember 2020 was a real mess, but it actually started out as a real mess because right before we recorded our first episode over the holidays that year, RWA imploded for the first of many times.
0: I kind of remember this. And I think, I think I'm going to go with it's all up from here.
1: You're correct. Yay! You do remember. Uh, remember slightly brighter times when, obviously, yeah, RWA was a disaster. But we felt like that was going to be the biggest news story of 2020. <laughs> and I don't, for anyone listening to this 30 years from now, it was not. Many other terrible things happened in 2020. But here we are. Here we are. in 2022. Uh, episode 100. Doing great. All right, last, <laughs> this is the, um, this is why we had to start recording a little bit late, because I suddenly got very curious right before we started recording about what is the most number of books that we have talked about in one episode of When in Romance? Jess, what do you think that number is? Oh, gosh, in one episode. In one episode. I will give you a little bit of a hint. The episode was number 95. It aired November 29th, 2021. It was called Going About Their Hallmark Business, and we got in a little bit of trouble, not really because our editors are wonderful, but we were reminded that we are not necessarily supposed to go an hour and 20 minutes.
0: (laughs) Okay, so recommendation episode. It Um, definitely was. I want to say if we each had two, then it's quite possible... That we could have recommended up to like 35
1: books. It is more than that. It was more than that. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I love how you think we limited ourselves to two (laughs) (laughs) on any question we've ever answered on a (laughs) recommendation. We're going to have to start, by the way, as the person who logged all of the books over the course of the last week, we're going to have to start limiting ourselves in that way. But we did not start in episode number 95.
0: Oh, man. Hmm.
1: I will give you a hint. It is more than 50.
0: More than 50. But not a lot more. 56.
1: No, so close. <sighs> you're, you're too many by three. 53. Yes, it was. <laughs> Great job. You got the last episode right. Or the last question right. You have a perfect score, essentially. I don't know. I wasn't really keeping track, and you're the only one playing. So, once again... I on win. another when in romance quiz, Jessica Pride is the champion <laughs> as <laughs> always. It is amazing. I feel like if this were the Olympics of when in romance, you would have the gold, silver, and bronze. Hooray! Hooray! Thus ends the when in romance episode one hundred quiz. I might stick some of those questions on my Instagram stories this weekend to see. What people think of them.
0: Oh my gosh, I might actually share it. Because I've taken to this thing where I actually share
1: Instagram stories now. Look at you. And I even make some of my own. Hey, look (laughs) at you. I mean, look, you're a big fancy author now doing all the social media. (laughs) All right, well, we're gonna do a little bit of reflecting. And then as promised, our recommendations in this episode are coming from all of you, which we are very excited about. Uh, But before we get to all of that, If you've got reading goals, it is time to check out TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. With TBR, you tell our professional book nerds, we call them bibliologists, about your likes and dislikes, whether you want comfort or stretch reads, and of course, what your reading goals are, and then sit back while they comb through your Goodreads account, if you have one, and handpick recommendations and must-reads for you. TBR offers plans to receive three hardcover books in the mail, or three recommendations by email. So there's an option for every budget. And the recommendations-only level is available worldwide. After each order, give your bibliologist feedback, update your requests to stay in line with your reading goals and expanding horizons, and basically have your own personal book concierge. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes. That's mytbr.co. All right, Jess, we would not be at episode 100 without having gotten older and wiser (laughs) since we started at episode one. Let's uh, talk and think a little bit about that. I mean, obviously, most of the celebration is all fun and games. But what do you think is different between when, I mean, we, we started way back, oh, man. The glory days of early 20, 2018. Yes. I almost said 2020. Like <laughs> four plus years ago. What feels different to you about the landscape between when we started and now? It's sure. F- it feels
0: like we have been talking about some more big questions instead of sort of this week in the news. Although we do, we have been doing a lot of that. But sometimes it's because people are bringing forward those same big questions, sometimes over and over again, because we have to keep having the same conversation. But I think we've really sort of figured out what the landscape looks like. And that's, That's great. And of course, it's ever changing. So we haven't really established we we can't write a book on what the landscape looks like, but we sort of gotten a handle of it and can really talk to experience and
1: talk about more people doing more things. Yeah, I think also, there's just I think that's all 100% true. I also think there's just more understanding that romance is a part of the book landscape, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, when we started, I remember one of our early episodes talking about this horrific New York Times sort of piece on romance that was terrible. That might have actually been even before we started. But Uh like, there was not a New York Times column. There was not an Entertainment Weekly column. Like, all of those things have have come up and are very, very welcome. But at the same time, I feel like you wouldn't even see – romances on a display table in a Barnes and Noble. And now you do. And I feel like some of that is the shift towards trade paperback, which mm-hmm. has pluses and minuses, right? It has kind of made romances a part of the larger book landscape. It has also made them more expensive and mm-hmm. kind of, I think, conformed a little bit to some of the other kind of genre expectations that people have of, of more contemporary fiction. But I will say, I mean, I I would never have guessed when we started doing this four years ago that we would have come this far in terms of Reese Witherspoon or The Today Show or whoever mm-hmm. else choosing romance as their book club picks.
0: Yeah. And we, we like, we started out right when a lot of that was happening, right? We started, we started this podcast right before Jasmine Guillory's The Wedding Date came out. And mm-hmm. that was sort of the big push in popular trade paperback and the big push in interracial romance and more diverse romance that was getting more marketing dollars. So yeah. we started to see them in more places and on tables in Barnes and Noble and on the internet. And we've just, and you know, we've gone through like three different lulls in uh social media platforms so like that has also sort of boosted everything
1: yeah so by that you mean kind of like shifting a little bit right like yeah tiktok was not the platform even like instagram really kind of wasn't what it is now right back then so yeah no i think that's totally true i will also say as someone who is a little bit outside and probably does not have a lot of space to say this it seems to me that romance. While it still has a long, long way to go, traditionally published romance has become, at least to some extent, more inclusive of both all races, or at least more races, and all sexualities, or at least more sexualities. Again, I absolutely recognize that there is still a long way to go. But I think, I don't know that you would have seen something like Alexis Hall's boyfriend material get the kind of push mm-hmm. that it got when it came out, you know, four years ago. I don't know, I, you mentioned um, the wedding date. But also in 2018, the Kiss Quotient came out mm-hmm. by Helen Wong, Fumbled came out by Alexa Martin, and Berkeley put some pretty serious money behind all three of those titles, all by women of color. And I, I feel like the landscape has shifted some, again, still a lot of ways to go. But it seems it feels to me a little bit different.
0: Yeah, like I mean, it, as far as increments go, if we look at the numbers then and the numbers now, they're still very small, but they kind of right they kind of doubled in certain situations as far as cultural and gender and sexual representation. There's also been more of an embracing of indie published romance like so many people are talking about people like christina c jones and Mm -hmm. all of these people who you know like when we started it wasn't quite a dirty word but kdp was very much a like a thing that wasn't really romance like If -hmm. if it wasn't by a traditional publisher, then we weren't really talking about it in the spaces that you mentioned on New York Times, on Entertainment Weekly, and all of those like big name outlets. But, you know, people are talking about them, even if the majority of people are reading them via Kindle or another e-reader format. More people are discovering and talking about them, and they are getting more well-known in their own rights.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that almost is kind of a – I don't want to shift us away if, if there are other things to talk about here, but it's kind of an interesting transition into the next question that we had about what we would recommend from the first 10 episodes like of the books that we talked about. You know, in early 2018, um, the first half of 2018, what would we still recommend? And part of the reason that, to me, there's a little bit of a connection there is that you were talking about Talia Hibbert, mm-hmm. who at that time, unless I'm mistaken, was entirely self-published. Mm-hmm. And now, as I think has happened with a number of authors, traditional publishing has caught on yes. and has has started publishing her books. And I think that's the case for a number of people that now indie publishing not only is not you know a dirty word or self published is not a dirty term or a, or you know kind of a, a reason to be given less credit but a lot of publishers even more than they were 5 years ago are seeing those self published titles and using embracing them and kind of seeing if they can offer those people some money you know
0: mhm absolutely
1: um, so I feel like if, if we are talking about what from the first 10 uh, episodes you would still recommend, I will say one of the books, I, I mentioned it just briefly just now, but The Kiss Quotient is one of the first books I remember talking about on this podcast. And I think it has been such an interesting, that is such an interesting trilogy that Helen Wong put together. It has also, she's been so honest as an author about how she has struggled and the anxiety and and different sort of mental health issues that she has dealt with as an author and as one who has been fairly high profile from the beginning of her writing career and that book is one that I just I I continue to feel like there's so much heart and so much of Helen's own sort of voice and experience in it and it just connects with so many readers like Anybody from a friend of mine from college to another friend whose mom was looking for uh, a romance that I recommended loved it. Started reading, you know, The Bride Test immediately after. So I really feel like The Kiss Quotient is going to be one of those kind of modern classics of romance. Mm-hmm. And I recommended it before it even came out, so I was ahead of the game. Yeah, that's you what the were. purpose of this conversation was. I'm on top of it. <laughs> uh, what would you recommend from from our first? From our first 10 episodes, oh, gosh. way back in our younger days. There's so many.
0: And honestly, I'm not sure if I recommended it or if you recommended it, because we mentioned it so many times. We've talked about this author already on this episode. But the Brother Sinister series by Courtney Milan, starting with the Duchess War, even
1: if the heiress effect is better. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, agree to disagree. <laughs> Don't worry, both have been mentioned plenty of times.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, I have. It's like that whole series is just so great. It's a great entry point into the author, into Victorian romance, into the way that someone can slowly start to incorporate people of color into their series, even if they're not the primary person, and a great way to see how an author can wrap you around their fingers so that you have to read the later books that have more people of color because you can't let go of the author herself.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I the only other thing that I will mention before we get um into our, our last question before we get into Rex, and I obviously if you have other books you want to talk about, you should, but I noticed that early on, as early as episode two, we were talking a little bit about nonfiction. Mm-hmm. We talked about Dangerous Books for Girls by Myra Dale. We talked about Beyond Heaving Bosoms and Everything I Know I Learned uh, from Romance Novels. Uh, I think that is the correct title. Yeah. Everything I Know About Love I Learned from Romance Novels, the second two from Sarah, by Sarah Wendell. And I will say I think those kind of – they were not the only nonfiction books about romance, but they were kind of the default. Mm-hmm. And I am – Kind of tying into our first question, very, very grateful that now Black Love Matters is out there as part of that canon. I feel like it was uh, as great as those books are, I have read and loved all three. There was a gap there, and there still are many, many gaps, but mm-hmm. I think we're getting closer to having some of the conversations that we have about romance as a genre and a style of writing and as a set of writers and as a you know writing romances as, as an experience of authors as being I think we're expanding that conversation a little bit I think I don't know that the title off the top of my head but the Piper Hughley episode or um, essay that's in Black Love Matters is one that I think about like all the time it's about since I read it it's about black men in, in historical romance and what they are sort of allowed to be in terms of heroes and what the limitations are that we have put on them and it's just fascinating and like I said I think I hope that the nonfiction side of romance is starting to expand to be more representative of what these stories are.
0: Yes. Um, I look forward to seeing what comes out of this. Maybe it'll spur a whole new um, subgenre of nonfiction titles. We'll see. Um, And that, that chapter is called in search of the historical haughty hero, I
1: think. (laughs) Yeah. You will know it when you find it. It is uh, fantastic. It's really good and really impactful. I don't know. Anything else from the first 10 that you want to talk about before before we look forward into the future?
0: You know, I'm just I'm glad that we sort of we started out with the blend of romances that we wanted to see people talking about and we've continued to do so and yes while a lot of these names are people who a started out in independent publishing and have shifted over to traditional or hybrid or whatever we're also continuing to talk about new people like yeah we, we've talked about mentioning some of these authors and a number of their titles a million times because mm-hmm. they're just that good but we're yeah. we're doing our best to incorporate some of those less known names that we think deserve some of the spotlight. Like you mentioned his convenient husband in the eighth episode of this podcast and you recommended it again, like last time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That would be an interesting spread too of like when the first mention of something was versus the most recent, I think that that's maybe a conversation for another time, but yeah, it's, I think you're 100% right that like, these are the books that we're excited to read. And I think some of them, I don't know, maybe we could pat ourselves and everyone who listens to this podcast on the back a little bit by saying like, I think, hopefully, the attention that you all have given to some of these books and some of these authors has been a part of them getting the attention that they deserve. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, if over 99 episodes, we've talked about 311 different authors, that's more than three per episode. So that's not. So So, for as many times as you all think, we keep talking about Alyssa Cole or Anna Zabo or uh, whoever else, you should know, it could be much worse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jess, looking into the future, when we're at episode 200, after we've done the quiz, and we started settling into something else, what would you like to look back and think, oh, in the last 100 episodes, in the last four years, this is this is what has changed or what is different?
0: I think the biggest thing for me is expanding on that goal that we've had of talking about different people. I'm looking at my bookshelf now and there's so many authors on it that I have never talked about on this podcast in part because I've never actually read them because this is my to read bookshelf. There are actually two of them. I have a mm-hmm. lot of books to read. Um, <laughs> but just like getting as many Books out there as we can while also, you know, being true to our goal of recommending good books and talking about new ideas and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think I would say the same. I think for me, as much as we've seen a lot of representation expand, I think there's still plenty of room. I think there's still, we don't have. ton of romance or as much as we should about people with disabilities we Mm -hmm. are getting closer in terms of expanding you know body types in romance but we're definitely not there with any gender but we're certainly not there with men Mm -hmm. and i think i don't know it's like it's it's there's there's plenty of room to grow still and i'm also i'm excited to see like who is the next talia hibbert who is somebody who's indie publishing and then ends up writing with a major publisher right who who is the next Jasmine Guillory or Helen Wong or Alexis Hall, who had been writing for years and years and kind of broke big um, Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. I think there's so many great storytellers out there that it's exciting to, it's going to be exciting to see kind of what what the next 100 episodes hold.
0: Absolutely. And uh, what other representation will we not even realized we hadn't seen until it shows up?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Well, speaking of representation and recommendations and books we love, we wanted to turn uh, the recommendations segment of this episode, number 100, over to all of you. So we invited all of you to send... Email recommendations or audio recommendations. We've got a couple of audio, So we're going to start and end there and do some of our email recommendations in the middle. Uh, our first audio recommendation is from one of our lovely longtime listeners, friends of the show, Brandon. And I will let Brandon take it from here.
0: Hello from Virginia. This is Brandon. And I want to thank you all for recommending, particularly Trisha, multiple times, A Widow of Rose House. I finally read it and I loved it. I also want to give y'all thanks for also recommending A Cowboy Tour Member by Rebecca Witherspoon. Another one that I had in my TBR, had purchased, hadn't read. And I'm thankful that y'all gave me the push. So happy 100.
1: Congratulations. Thank you so much, Brandon. We so appreciate your time and your insight and your thoughts. And Jess, I will hand our next one over to you.
0: Absolutely. Um, this one came from Rebecca. A book I love that you've discussed is Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. I feel so seen by the own voice's representation of a chronically ill woman. From the challenges of balancing chronic illness management and having a life, the realities of what you're supposed to do in a flair and what you actually do, running a small marketing business from home, her tenacity and all the sarcasm and humor, Chloe Brown is the most seen I've ever felt by a character. I love that this book has become so popular because now lots of chronically ill people get to see our illnesses reflected in this delightful rom-com and lots of non-chronically ill people get a glimpse into what life with chronic illness can be. I'll wrap up by noting that content warnings for this book are working through the aftermath of an abusive relationship and experiences of ableism mostly related to chronic illness and experiences of racism. There's also quite a bit of sex on the page in this one, but if you're like me and don't really like that kind of thing, I skipped those parts and still enjoyed the book so much. Thank you so much, Rebecca. You know how I feel about it, but it is so wonderful to hear that. As a chronically ill person, you found something in that book. And I hope that you find more books like that in the future.
1: I do too. And next up is Faith, who is someone I actually know, who is from Texas. She's a friend of mine, um, and a librarian and a book lover. And so I'm very, very grateful that she listens to the show because I have many, many people I know who do not. So, uh, so I'm very excited to hear from Faith. Um, I'm not going to try to do her southern accent, even <laughs> though it's adorable. I would butcher it. So. <laughs> Hi, this is Faith from Texas, and I was delighted to discover my first poly romance, There's for the Night, by Katie Robert, by listening to one of your recent episodes. I've never delved into the poly side of romance before, but was quite surprised by how much I enjoyed this short but very hot story. I immediately bought the next two books in the series. I love the diverse variety of romance recommendations made on Wedded romance, and I can't wait for the next 100. Thank you so much, Faith. Uh, we appreciate you both sending that in, and I appreciate... The fact that you will still text me about the nanny, even though we've been friends now for almost 20 years.
0: <laughs> well, this next one is from Jessica from Tucson, who is not me, but who is a person <laughs> that I know. Uh, hello. I 100% blame cough, thank cough. Mm-hmm. Christian, I can't do the cough, thank, I can't do the cough word thing. So it's just going to be cough, thank cough. Uh, yeah, we got it. Yeah. Trisha. Mm-hmm. For recommending The Widow of Rose House, the only historical I've loved. Wow. Yay. High praise. It is. I believe Jess recommended Wolf Song by TJ Clune, and it remains oh, one of my favorites of all time. It Feels Like Home. Thank you for recommending some of my favorite books.
1: Jessica from Tucson, Arizona. Uh, it Feels Like Home is such a great endorsement of any book. That is. That's. I love that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Julie from Denver sent me a message and said, OMG 100, with like six exclamation points. <laughs> I have read and loved both *Whiteout* Out by Adriana Anders and Office Hours by Katrina Jackson. Having had a baby last year, they're the only two romances I got to. Office Hours I, regular, I refer to regularly as a glimpse into the 10-year faculty rat race to my friends in academia. For what it's worth, uh, I feel like Unless I'm mistaken, Katrina Jackson is actually in academia. So mm-hmm. I feel like, Julie, that is good advice. <laughs> good recommendations. Well done. This
0: next one is from Rhiannon. This is Rhiannon from Missouri. I really enjoyed Thirsty by Mia Hopkins, which is written in the hero's point of view, and was very surprised since Sal is an ex-con and back in the neighborhood trying to find his footing and next steps. The stakes and stories about former gang members or ex-cons returned home can seem too high or insurmountable, but the emotional payout in this story is strong, not only in the relationship with Vanessa, but in his and his family's journey.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Rihanna. We've heard from so many of these folks that sent in their recs have communicated with us before and are responsible for some of our topics and some of our conversations, so We're so grateful to everyone who has listened, including Megan, who wrote us next. Uh, I am so grateful to this podcast for introducing me to a community of romance readers and a plethora of authors who write HEAs. That's Happily Ever After, if this is your first episode, <laughs> uh, for all types of people and some not people. Very good point, Megan. <laughs> and while this podcast has exponentially increased my TBR, I have also gained so much enjoyment from Trisha and Jess updating us on Romance Landia. I particularly love the book club, would never have found Jay and other fabulous authors without it. Thank you for all that you do. It feels a little self-indulgent to read someone who is thanking and complimenting us, but it's episode 100, Absolutely. so we'll separate. And thank you to you, Megan. We are delighted to have you listening and part of our romance community.
0: And speaking of our romance community, our last little message is from Sarah Wendell, our friend from Smart Bitches Trashy Books.
1: Hi, Jess. Hi, Tricia. This is Sarah Wendell. Congratulations on 100 episodes. That is freaking amazing. I am so excited for you. Really, 100 episodes is such a great accomplishment. Mazel tov. You asked for books that you have talked about that we like. All right, I'm going to try to do two. I absolutely loved Paybacks, A Witch by Lana Harper. I could not have loved it more. And I also cannot get over Hanukkah and Carries On by Uzma Jalaluddin because books about podcasters. Why not, right? Congrats on 100 episodes. And here's to 100 more,
0: thanks so much, Sarah. We appreciate everything that you've done to support and cheer us on and look forward to seeing how we both move forward in this uh next it's not really a new year, but the new sort of arm I don't know what what's <laughs> the next a good word the next part of the journey the next part of the journey. see this is why we keep you around, Trisha.
1: Well, yeah, it's, we, we need some reason after all this time. <laughs> um, and in case you missed our last, last episode, um, Sarah Wendell and Alicia Rye, who we mentioned earlier in the episode, do have a new podcast about real life love stories. It's called Love Struck Daily. And as I mentioned, um, I think to Sarah, it is kind of like the dessert listen that you listen to after you listen to like the broccoli of your news podcast, right? <laughs> like you get the news you have to get and that this is like the calming balm. So. Huge thanks to everybody who wrote in, who called in, who recorded in, etc., to help us celebrate. We are delighted to have gotten to do this uh, for so many years and now a hundred full episodes. We're a century old. We are. <laughs> and uh, soon we'll be a century and one. So once again, don't forget to read Written in the Stars for our next episode. Huge thanks, as always, <laughs> to our ever-patient and wonderful... Audio editor Jen Zink, who has not quite been with us for 100 episodes, but I'm sure she feels like she has been with us for significantly more. (laughs) A hundred years. Yeah, probably. Hi, Justin
0: Trish. Surprise, surprise. It's your much-belugared audio editor, Jen, here. I just wanted to say happy 100 and thank you, thank you, thank you, for turning me into the romance reader that I am today. From the Loyal League series by Alyssa Cole to Zenny by Rebecca Weatherspoon, and The Duke Who Didn't by Courtney Milan. I now read so much romance that it's basically overtaken all of my other beloved genres. I've been with Win in Romance for the majority of your episodes, and I just have to say that it's Win in Romance and the romance genre in general that has gotten me through the last two years of this pandemic. You are a joy to work with and I look forward to a hundred more.
1: Uh, you can always as always reach out to us. You can find us at when in Romance at bookriot.com. I'm also on social media at Trisha Haley Brown.
0: And I am on Twitter at
1: Jess is reading all one word and on Instagram at
0: Jess underscore is underscore reading.
1: Thanks so much, everybody. Please do rate and review the podcast. It helps everyone find us. And now that we're 100 episodes old, I feel like we're really starting to figure it out. So this is the exact right time to do some rating and reviewing.
0: This is definitely the exact right time. And in the meantime, happy reading, everybody.